The government of Canada has said it wants to boost immigration by adding 1.45 million permanent residents over the next three years, starting with 465,000 this year in 2023. The problem, as the folks at the Institute for Canadian Citizenship see it, is fewer of those permanent residents are expressing a desire to become full citizens of Canada. What's the story here? Daniel Bernhard is the CEO of the Institute for Canadian citizenship, hopefully with some answers for us on a Sunday morning. Mr. Bernhard, Daniel, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you with us. Let's talk a little bit about the the permanent resident process. How long, for example, Daniel, does a person, uh, once they become a permanent resident, how long do they have to remain at that status before they're eligible to apply for Canadian citizenship? It tends to be a minimum of about four years before you can apply for citizenship, some faster, some longer. It depends on a few factors, uh, especially how long you've been in the country during that time. Um, but you can do it fairly quickly if you want to. And what we've been seeing in these statistics that we released recently is that the percentage of permanent residents who are becoming citizens within 10 years, so who are kind of rushing to become citizens or saying, I'm in, let's do this um, soon after arrival, right. is declining. And that's a, that's a concerning sign. You've talked in the lead-in about answers. I think we have more questions than answers at this point, but there's good reason to feel to feel some worry about what this means for the future of our country. Well, the reason I'm, I'm th- th- that you're on the show today, Daniel, is, is our producer, Leila Khadir, with whom you probably had a conversation or two, is a, a very proud new Canadian. She just received her Canadian citizenship but uh, in the last couple of months and just is beside herself trying to understand why someone would take a pass or even a pause on the opportunity to become a full Canadian when it, when it presents itself. So what do you find? These are statistics. Canada numbers that you're looking at, and they're a 40% decline in citizenship uptake over the last 20 years. Any idea why, Daniel? So I'm sure there are several factors. I mean, the first thing, though, is that we're only just beginning to look at this now, and I think that speaks to how Canada has sort of taken uh, immigrants for granted over so long. We've just assumed that everyone wants to come here and be a citizen, and now we're realizing actually that may not have been true, and it may not be true for a long time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's you know it's high time for us to wake up and 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 investigate the reality of the situation in terms of the factors that contribute. I think there are a number of things. Um, you know, some countries have added newer and tougher restrictions on dual citizenship. Uh, there are, you know, application fees can be very expensive. Processing times can be slow. Uh, underemployment is a big issue that we hear about from a lot of newcomers. And I think that one of the things that Canada needs to realize is that the caliber of newcomers who are arriving in this country have changed a lot. When my parents came, they spoke very little English. One had a high school degree school degree yet. So everything for them was future possibility. Everything was up. They didn't expect to own a home or have a senior job or anything like that. Today, we're getting people with advanced degrees and credentials. They were homeowners in the country of origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had, they had you know, much better lives. And so they are now coming with different quality of life expectations. And you talk about taxes in your, in your lead-in, housing costs, childcare costs, the same issues that affect all of us affect immigrants too. And many are wondering whether, in fact, the decision to come to Canada is, in fact, a step up. 
I think that's that's a matter of concern, and we can't just take for granted that people from around the world will just always want to come here and be on our team. We got to keep renewing that promise. That's the message in this for me. Well, that's really an important message, and you're quite right. You know, when you stop and think about it, I mean, in terms of taking things for granted, we Canadians are notorious, Daniel, for taking stuff for granted, including the assumption that, given a possibility, anyone anywhere else on planet Earth would immediately move to Canada, given half a chance. And you talk about an employment challenge for newcomers to Canada. It's interesting and kind of ironic, Daniel, that if they're experiencing employment difficulties, it's it, the irony is that they're, the doors have been opened even wider to more immigrants because we have a labor shortage and employment problems. So that to have people come to the country and to ostensibly solve that labor shortage problem, and they in turn experience employment issues and difficulties, it's, uh, it, it's really confusing. Confusing. I would imagine, at very least, quite confusing for newcomers. Well, it's it's not an issue of unemployment so much as underemployment, right? We have we have people who come who were senior executives, for example. They were accountants. They managed benches um, for getting, you know, doctors and nurses and other licensed professionals. And now they come and they're being asked to do entry level or junior jobs. Right. I think that's part of the difference that people are finding that their skills and experiences are not appreciated. So how is it possible that employers say we have this lack of skilled labor, we need more people, and yet we have these, you know, experienced immigrants driving taxis, proverbially and literally? Uh, that's a kind of disconnect that exists in the economy that that is really problematic. And I think this strikes to the core of the issue. Yeah, this is a problem for newcomers. This is a humanitarian issue. It's hugely discouraging and disappointing for them. But this is a problem for the rest of us. Daniel, not hire because they can't and can't sell because they can't make proper use of this talent. They're leaving money on the table. So all of Canada is implicated here. This isn't just about immigrants. It's about Canada's future. Right, exactly. And I was going to say the Ford government in Ontario, where you are this morning, Daniel, is at least paying a little more than lip service to expediting those credentials from foreign jurisdictions. And of course, there's a, a matchup that has to take place. Just because you have a degree for, in, in medicine, for example, from somewhere else doesn't necessarily mean that your, your, your status is identical to one who is a graduate of a Canadian medical school. So a make good or an exam or some kind of catch-up test is appropriate, but it's the fact that that doesn't exist in so many provinces and areas in the country. At least in Ontario, they're they're attempting to get something rolling where that process is not only exists in the first place, but actually moves fairly quickly. Maybe. I mean, look, grass is always greener on the other side of the country. I mean, I would say that you know, in Ontario, we have 13,000 people who have a medical degree from another uh, country. Several thousand, an estimated up to 5,000, have already passed their Canadian accreditation exams, and we still don't let them work in the system. We have uh, lineups of over a year for some basic procedures for some people. People mm-hmm. are literally dying because we don't want to put these people to work. They're saying, hey, put me in, coach. I want to contribute to Canada in this way. I've gone back to school. I've done all the certifications. I'm ready. I'm qualified. And we say, no. Uh, it's about money. It's about changing bureaucracy. It's about a number of things. But the point is, it's not just about those doctors. It's also about patients. We are waiting in line like crazy. During yeah. Huge health because this talent is sitting there and we refuse to put it to work. That's what I mean about this being about Canada and not just about immigrants. 
I would encourage your listeners to think about this as a matter of key national interest. Canada's prosperity for centuries has been driven by our ability to allow people to come here, not just to live, not just to work, but to build their families and their futures and their businesses as Canadian citizens, to join our team. And if that engine's breaking down, we're going to have real problems for the future. So this is a wake-up call for us to see if we can renew the promise of Canada, our legacy of citizenship that's driven our prosperity for centuries and will hopefully drive it for centuries more. Interesting stuff. Very, uh, very uh, provocative uh, information in terms of uh, a very contented, uh, typically Canadian uh, population needing to know, and perhaps, as you say, quite Bluntly, uh, a country desperately in need of a wake-up call, and this is uh, this is pretty much a, a door rattler, isn't it, Daniel? It is. I, I would just you know leave with one final note, which is that let's not get too carried away. Right. In Canada, we st- over seventy percent of people continue to support immigration, no matter the political party they vote for. Mm-hmm. Um, we continue to be a, a very attractive destination. There are some countries where you can live for multiple generations without being eligible for citizenship. In fact, in Canada, we care about immigration so much that declining naturalization rates, declining citizenship rates are, are considered newsworthy. You want to talk to them? I've done 19 interviews since this was released 10 days ago. So um, the fact that Canadians care about this still gives me hope. We just need to translate that value set, that ethical system into reality. We need to make it true again. But Canada's heart remains in the right place. And I think that's a really important advantage. And newcomers who like your producer, who did come to citizenship, who who wants to be on our team, they saw something too. And so let's let's not forget it's still a great place for immigrants to come. Uh, half of newcomers are still becoming citizens within well just under half within ten the fact that we are concerned about this also says something about our country and where we stand. And in a world of hatred and xenophobia and, you know, all sorts of rising problems, that, that's still something positive. So we've got a lot going for us, but we need to make sure we don't take it for granted and we continue to invest and do the work to make Canada even more desirable for newcomers. Because like you say, they don't just need us, we need them. And if we can't make it valuable for these people, they've got options, they're going to go elsewhere and all of us suffer as a result. Daniel Bernard, CEO of the Institute for Canadian Citizenship. Very well said, sir, this morning. Thank you very much for saying it, too, Daniel. Good to have you aboard today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a fantastic morning.